Hello. The following program is not safe for work. Urban Dictionary defines not safe for work as content generally inappropriate for the typical workplace. For example, it would not be acceptable in the presence of your boss and colleagues. All of this applies here, and you'll have 10 seconds of extremely pleasant music as a buffer to pause, jump to more acceptable material, or rent out a conference room just so you can listen alone. In peace. Have a pleasant day. Welcome to yet another marvelous broadcast of the Cuntcast podcast. I am your host, Najela Ree, and I am joined by Mr. Aaron Rand Freeman. And if you don't know what you're listening to, I don't know why you're listening to it, but you are listening to a conversation with a classically characterized cunt, carefully crafted with cognizant courage to champion conscientious consummation. And I want to say good evening to all my fellow sexual subjects, and I hope everybody is doing well. Mr. Freeman, how are you today? I'm doing great, actually. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah, I actually had a um, sneaky, productive day. You ever had, you ever one of those days where you're actually being lazy, but you send two emails and get two emails back and they're good emails? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's what happened to me. I have weekends like that where I plan to do nothing and then I get like an unexpected amount of of things done right and it's just like two things like you you reply to someone and you text someone else and they're like cool here are some opportunities to make money here's some actual money thank you for contacting me mr freeman enjoy your weekend and it's like right so i feel good i feel good about having yeah i feel good because most of the day was spent playing destiny yeah most of the day was spent playing destiny (laughs) too so to have managed to be an adult despite that massive victory on my part and for all adults struggling with adulthood adulting is uh it's getting harder and harder i gotta admit well the amount of things for kids the amount of things you would have enjoyed as a child is tremendous like remember back in the day when you would get like maybe three video games a year because one they were a hundred bucks and two you were a kid and there just weren't that many quality games out well, I when I was a kid, I didn't really have consoles. I had a lot of point and click adventures. So right. you only had to have a couple of years because it took me forever to beat them. Yeah, I played a lot of like Sierra Quest for Glory, The Legend of Carandia, a lot of like eighty hour right. point and click adventures. And do you know that there are still about eight of those that come out every year like i have four of those on my xbox just four and i'm trying to cut back and i was trying not to spend money but just like between sales and just things that look interesting there are at least eight eight to eight to ten of them so i actually i'm like the cheapest gamer ever and i actually got a new game it was a gift but uh i got the um the mmo the i always call it the skyrim mmo but it's not uh elder scrolls right 
Yeah, because I, I, I got Elder Scrolls for the Xbox One. And they would not let me be cat Beyonce, and I was very sad. Was that some type of Beyonce embargo? Or only Beyonce Knowles allowed to be Beyonce? In I think I just, I'm so late to the game that everybody who wanted to be cat Beyonce decided to be cat Beyonce. Oh, you wanted your, you wanted to actually have your name be cat Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> every form, every form of Beyonce is taken. Do you know Beyonce Master Chief is taken on Xbox Live? I did not know, but I'm not surprised. Yes, there is, there is. Almost every form of Beyonce you can possibly think of is taken. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, so you want you gotta get for you gotta get in there you gotta get in there early first in line first day if you want to be called Beyonce anything. Pretty much, I I have my Beyonce in Skyrim, which I still play <laughs> because I don't need new games. Even though the industry is like, here's all the games. And listen, I'm satisfied. I'll tell you something. They have released Skyrim like nine times. And they've been, they've they, been they keep putting out they put they've been putting out Skyrim on different consoles for different reasons for about four years five years maybe so you can be, you playing Skyrim is not is not you is not a sign of you not going forward with the times they re-release Skyrim constantly and I'm the idiot who keeps buying there it. is nothing wrong with buying <laughs> Skyrim over and over again yeah <sighs> it's been it's been a it's been a time. Things were weird. Did you watch the Emmys? I heard black people succeeded. I did, but then I also heard that we had like uh, Sean Spicer on the Emmys. Like, why would you do that? But well, you know, I think they. I think we always do this thing where where white folks bring on a laughing stock to make to make fun of him, but not realizing that you validate the laughing stock by bringing them into the spotlight to laugh at him. Like yeah. we, we just don't so realize. Like, hey, here's a guy that colluded with fascism. Ha ha. But yeah, I it, it just kind of shocks me that people don't see it that way. Um, I think one thing I've realized is um, and this is rude, but I think a lot of regular white folks have the same viewpoint of things as children, and the way a kid would be like, he's funny. We make fun of him. Let's laugh at him. Let's bring him out to laugh at him. That'll be the end of it because we're laughing at him, right? We're laughing at him, huh? Right, guys? Is what governs some of their decisions, and they don't understand what it's like in terms of legitimizing certain figures, like how it looks to everyone else who isn't laughing when you bring someone out on to the Emmys for any reason whatsoever. Didn't we have this problem with um Cami track pants? That blonde racist woman that um what's his face brought on, and everyone and people were like, "Well, she's racist, uh, and we're going to expose her." The point was to expose her, and I was like, "No." Because all the people who don't like racists don't like her, and all the people who love racists aren't listening to why you're trying to expose her. So you just put her on national TV. It's a win. It's a, it's just a I, natural I win. More people should take like basic communication classes to learn that because that's one of the first things they taught us. Not like before you even get into journalism 101, just communication theory 101. They are like, hey, confirmation bias. If you tout out this racist, racist people are not going to see it as, ha ha, let's laugh at his ridiculous worldview because it is abhorrent. They're going to go, woohoo, look at all these people who agree with me. Mm-hmm. And that is a lesson that, yeah, you're right. A lot of people have not learned yet. <sighs> but enough about um, shitty media. Let's talk about good things. I wanted to talk today about orgasms. Oh, those are delightful. 
yeah, they are delightful. And I guess because I haven't had orgasms in a while, this is something uh, for the first time in my life. Uh, not uh, a, they're not abundant, uh, so I feel like maybe this is what everybody else always have been feeling like, and I'm now like, you know, normal. So I've spent a couple of days like trying to learn about the average orgasm, if there is such a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually found a couple of interesting things, like there is, like a wage gap, a orgasm gap. Well, then I imagine men are suffering from it because men have always had historically had trouble having their orgasm in sexual encounters and heterosexual sexual encounters. I kind of wish that was the case, but uh, a study was done. It was uh, a joint study between Chapman University, Indiana University, and the Kinsey Institute, which we gave a shout out on the last episode. They took a sample size, about 52,000 people, uh, 26,000 that identified as men, 24,000 who identified as women. Uh, of these people, uh, 452 identified as gay men, 340 identified as lesbians, and 550 men, and over a thousand women identified as bisexual. So it was, it's not like one of those dinky studies where it's like 28 people and they try to tell you how the world works. Mm-hmm. So uh, they asked all these people about their orgasm habits. And they also gathered data about the frequency of orgasms. And as much as we joke, men who identified as heterosexual, uh, with almost 95% of them saying that they almost always had orgasms when they were sexually intimate. The, the people who had the second most amount of orgasms were men that identified as gay at 89% always had an orgasm uh, when they were intimate. And then bisexual men, 88% said that every time they are intimate, they have an orgasm. Lesbians uh, trailed behind 86% of women who identified as lesbians always have an orgasm. And then bisexual women were 66% hmm. uh, always had an orgasm when being intimate. And all the way in last place, heterosexual women. So it's only 65% of heterosexual <laughs> women say that every time they are intimate, they have an orgasm, which I guess I'm not that surprised about because, uh, I mean, uh, we don't, I mean, I'm a dude, so I'm on the team, and we have not made peace as an organization, as the heterosexual male organization, with all the parts of, of, a, of, of the, of the, of the, of the um, women's anatomy, and then what it requires to um, achieve a mutual orgasm for both parties. There is um, much argument about um, clothing. 
um as much argument about um uh, about uh previous sexual partner the meetings get very hectic very fast but we have a lot of trouble getting to the core issue which is what mechanically should be done to help a um woman achieve orgasm so i'm sorry i've i can't divulge any of the minutes or the notes but it is a long-standing problem that we're um that we're struggling with within my organization sorry yeah it actually turns out that women who had the most frequent orgasms say that they all had a couple of things in common. One, the major thing, they received the most oral sex. Uh, then they had sex for longer durations, and that's not being penetrated, but their intimacy, all the things they were doing lasted longer. Mm -hmm. And a huge indicator of whether or not you're going to have an orgasm is how satisfied you are with the relationship of the person you are being intimate with. Uh, the study actually said that uh, oral sex isn't that common when it comes to women. Fewer than half of the couples in this, in this particular study always or usually include oral sex when being sexually intimate. Hmm. While for men, they found that a lot more people are okay with, uh, you know, sucking on the one-eyed snake because, uh, where is it? Uh, they found that a lot of the men actually said that oral sex was not an important for orgasm at all. That's what they believed. And 80% uh, of the heterosexual women who had genital stimulation or deep kissing or who received oral sex said they usually always orgasm and they reciprocate with their partner, which could be why they are both more satisfied in the relationship, which is probably why they're having all their orgasms. Right. So, uh, um, or oral sex is oral sex, a combination like of oral sex and lots of money, are the two keys to like a combination. Like depending upon who you are, you might require a little bit more, a little bit less, kind of like salt and pepper on your food. But either way, the combination of the both is a is a secret to a happy life in general. To a man, every human, we are a monolith in that way. Everyone mm -hmm. likes it. Uh, I actually found one guy in particular that did not like it. Uh, what was his he, rationale? He just wasn't, uh, he said he couldn't see my face. He couldn't, uh, he just liked looking. So oh, he, he was, was in more. It. Oh, he was in his own head about it. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. That's fine. I, as I, I will admit I, I have, because I, I, I will admit I do have a very short leash for hetero men and their preferences when they get in their own head about things because then they're very quick to get and get on women for getting in their own head and they women have more reason to be in their own head. So um, I will respect that man's preferences as the host of a sex positive, open-minded show. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what I thought was really interesting about this particular study right. is um when they were trying to talk to guys or the, the heterosexual men, they were more 
put off by the idea of oral sex and they were more put off until they started talking to women who have sex with women and uh, when they found that uh, activities were described as what lesbians do in bed and then they were saying oh you're doing it uh, in a way that you know lesbian do it it seemed to be more appealing to two guys more willing to try it more willing to you know check it out which i thought was really interesting hmm. uh, the idea that oral sex me dude doing it to my lady boo but hey lesbians do this i want to do this thing that lesbians do and then the exact same action becomes a lot more palatable Hmm. I wonder if that is really why guys watch so much lesbian porn. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, well, no. I mean, well, again, I'm not going to read the minutes and the notes from our meetings, but that is not why we watch lesbian pornography. Yeah, I don't think so. We don't. They're, so. they're they're for the most part any nuance, detail, helpful reason for men to be watching porn are completely false. It's almost it's so an it's so per it's such an issue why men watch porn. I think that sometimes the 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 Puritan folks that are like porn is the devil. In this case, I'm like you guys aren't wrong. You can't encroach my titties because I'm a taxpayer. But I get what you're saying because men aren't learning anything from the porn they're watching, and they're watching porn for really a treasure trove of the wrong reasons to a man. So. Yeah. Well, I don't think I'm always in the idea that there's nothing wrong with watching porn as long as you realize that it is created to stimulate and it's there to be visually appealing, not realistic. Uh, One of the one of the things that uh, another thing I found in my journey to learn about how everybody else is coming or not coming is. Uh, we always are talking about this idea of a multi-orgasmic woman or, uh, you know, people with vaginas are naturally inclined to have more orgasms. And apparently that might not be as true as we once thought. Hmm. Uh, A new new, uh, load of research actually says that only about 47% of women reported having multiple orgasms. And another study uh, from 2015 actually found that only 15% of the women that they uh, uh, they talked to had multiple orgasms. And most of the time, they, they were not able to have multiple orgasms with penis. So like actually being penetrated vaginal penetration for most people that these studies came into contact with uh, was not happening. And I think for a lot of people, porn puts this idea into your head that you're not having good sex unless you're having like eight orgasms Um, because you're just supposed to knock them out the park one after the other. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. Uh, I kind of, I feel really bad for younger people 
uh, especially because before I just, I don't know, went on vaginal vacation. Uh, I was, uh, I had like my little, my side piece. Mm -hmm. He was, he was, he was a young boy. I actually, I don't want to say that. That sounds really weird and gross. He was not a young boy. He was a 26 year old man. But I mean, in man, I mean, you know, we're just saying young boy because men, age, men are, you know, we are, we are. So, you know, he's yes. like mentally, what was he like, 18, 16? Felt like it. Yeah. So <laughs> Which the, is why I couldn't have sex with him anymore. Yeah. But I always felt really bad. I wanted to, to be very encouraging and I wanted to, I, I felt so many, so many times that he learned what to expect from sex from watching a lot of pornography because you know he grew up it's on your phone it's on your calculator it's on your watch like there's a billion ways to get porn now so all he saw was this idea that you're supposed to make a woman come 54 times and (laughs) then you're gonna have sex for like an hour and then your nut is gonna be this magnificent eruption and <laughs> I was like this. The, I'm pretty sure it was like the second person he had sex with, if not the first. So he just was constantly saying he was sorry, <laughs> and just for everything uh, like uh, he he didn't have a realistic grasp of how long sex lasts. Uh, and I'd be like, no, no, you're good. You're quite exceptional. Everything is great. Pat on the back. Here's a candy. Like I don't know how else to to drill in your mind that this is normal and okay. Uh, so I'm kind of happy that now people are kind of ditching this ideal of having all of the orgasms and concentrating on, did you have, a a, a satisfactory intimate, uh, just did you and your partner or partners, were, were you successfully intimate? Like that should be our, our measuring of what a good, you know, sex session is, even if it, there's no penetration or there's lots of penetration, it, it shouldn't be, oh, who got off or did you get your nut? It could be like, were you satisfied? And redefining what sat- satisfaction is, I think is super important. Yep. I am very, I am pleased to hear that as well, because I don't, I, I mean, I still hear all types of, I I hear guys talk about different stuff. So it's good that we're approaching it differently and we're kind of steering it away from what men think sex should be because we're, we, we, we don't, we don't. Yeah. Uh, I also think that this is going to be a, once we get away from this idea that the default is multiple orgasms, because that there are people who definitely have them, but the expectation is a little much. So I sometimes... I've been with people and I miracle upon miracles. I do get an orgasm and I'm kind of done after that. Like I need a break or like, well, that's, that's been my understanding is that women is that the reason even why we think women need to have multiple orgasms is because we don't understand how similar we are men and women in that regard is that a nice orgasm will put you the fuck out male or female. And we don't, accept that because we don't even like we that we don't understand we haven't seen enough live women's live orgasms for us to even understand that usually they're going to fuck the bed afterwards you can leave yeah Uh, for for me at least uh if i am a person who can have multiple orgasms but it's not 
if it if the first one is like a really powerful one like if my ears are ringing like I'm done <laughs> if uh you know I, I kind of you have the the tension and the release but if it's like a release but not like a huge explosion then yeah you could build it up again you could you know you have your plateaus your denouements and it goes up it goes down and then that that could be that that happens but it's rare <laughs> especially if you're like really into it usually it's it's so much build up that it's like bah! and then you know you mm-hmm. have to relearn language and the concept of life and you don't know where you are and you have to come back down to earth and i'm sometimes you're like yeah you know i'm done and that now hopefully guys don't think oh i'm less of a man because i couldn't you know make her scream for eight minutes or an hour because it's not realistic and nobody wants to scream for an hour think of your neighbors at the very least People are people are um, typically trying to just get this nut, women included. So let's not, yeah, let's not drama. Let's not, you know, exaggerate the what an orgasm is supposed to represent in our day to day. We're trying to catch catch this nut, as it were, so we can go the fuck on to sleep, so we can get up for work in the morning. It's not super complex either way. I I kind of feel like. We've politicized the nut so much that we we've forgotten why we wanted to get the nut in the first place. Right. Right. Well. And speaking of failing to get our nuts, guess what industry millennials are killing now? I don't want to know. I mean, I don't, I mean, no, I mean, I don't want to know. Well, I won't say killing, but uh, the research that uh, there is this one uh, research company called Mm. Church and Dwight, and they handle all kinds of brands. But one of the brands that they own is Trojan. And they believe that Trojan sales are down because millennials are too distracted by their cell phones. I mean, um, I mean that's sure. I mean, I don't. I actually don't disagree. Nor do I think anything's wrong with it. But is it a problem? Well, I I don't know. I think it's weird to think that millennials are having less sex because they're distracted by their mobile phones well, so well, much as. Millennials are probably choosing not to have sex because they're getting better sex education and are more cognizant to the consequences. And they're like, hey, I will probably be poor forever because the economy is shit. So I could just not fuck and maybe eat a sandwich later. Right. But um, there is also the realization that in practice, um, a lot of sex happens because you are bored. A, a a startlingly high amount of sex happens because two people are bored in a room. And that, that is dorm sex. I was in college for me. Dorm sex was I was bored. Right. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. But legitimately, if the both of you can get on and play um, a competitive round of Angry Birds 
instead of um, getting um, having the room fall into silence long enough for one of you to jump on the other, then that would make a lot of sense. Since we tend to connect, we uh, we are we are not good with intimacy, and we avoid intimacy as humans anyway. So if we don't have to do the faux intimate sex thing, and we can just go ahead and do away with intimacy and just be on our phones, isn't that kind of where we were going? In the like, you know, it just seems to make sense. I'm not going to attribute all of it to this, but I do understand that in practice, a lot of sex happens because there's nothing else to do. I. And uh, I agree with somebody who actually uh, is an analyst for another firm. Uh, her name is Caroline Levy. And she believes that perhaps the decline of young people, uh, by young, they mean 17 to 25 years old, are having less sex, not because they're distracted by their phones, but because uh, a record number of them are living at home very hard to get your fuck on when your mom is downstairs and alternative birth control measures are more popular than ever more people are open to things uh such as iud's or and even those who are deciding plan b but that is not birth control that is emergency birth control so bad 17 to 25 year olds don't do that emergency <laughs> right in the name <laughs> so i kind of think it's probably uh there's less opportunity to have sex as a, as a 17 to 25 year old now because more more of them have to work more of them are living in households with way more family members sharing rooms there's not as much opportunity to boink hmm that's true funny living situations i mean i mean we we are of the funny living situation generation so yes we do not have the we do not have the clearance to yeah that is there that is a definite boink blocker if you will all of our living situations in fact i don't think i know anybody I've do I know anybody of my age who has a straightaway living situation by themselves that would allow them to have lots of um only the people who are living in the, who are living in the low rent Trump areas like the the you know like people living in like like um like a well funny parts of Virginia or like funny parts of Texas or funny parts of Arizona are the only people I know that are affording the bachelor bachelorette pad that allows them to have free flowing sexual partners. Uh, I do have an apartment all to myself, and I have never been less laid <laughs> ever in my life. Uh, I think it mostly has to do because you have to work a lot to afford your own place. So I'm just tired. Yes, and men are trash. So, like, men get in the way of... Because I, I, one thing I realized is you get a lot of straightforward advances from women who are tired because they have to support themselves. But men get in the way by being trash of a woman who's just like can we smash if you will so i can get this out of the way now so i can go back to work because that's all i do other than this moment of clarity where i get to smash but then men say things like women can't be making more money than me i don't want women to be the aggressor male fragility male fragility male fragility male fragility and then they turn the pussy away 
and then as a result you are you a woman like yourself is unlaid because we continue to be trash and chew away free sex from and women. It's just so much more aggravating, you know, especially when you have like work stress is a, is a new thing for a lot of people coming into my age and you're, you're dealing with family on a whole new level. The last thing you want to deal with is hearing bullshit from the guy who when you woke up that morning, put his dick in your mouth. That's not how you want to wake up. That's not the folders you want in your cup. So, like, why? You just, you could actually just go to bed by yourself, wake up by yourself, and then face your horrible day at the job you hate. And I, I feel like maybe Americans as a whole are kind of going through our own version of what's happening in Japan where everybody's just too tired and sad to fuck. That's about right. I mean, that also has, that definitely plays a role that being too tired and being essentially too sad to fuck. That's legit. Hey, to, to live and fuck in Trump's America is some hard shit. If we're going to be frank, (laughs) it's, I never really thought about the time and effort that I set aside to like, not just acquiring Dick, but like cultivating it, training it, uh, you know, trying to remember its birthday. So you get like extra good once a year, you know, there's a lot to go into it. And like, if you're just going like, ah, fascism has come to America and it was wrapped in American flag. They were right. new, you know, it's kind of, that, that takes up a lot of that dick cultivation time. Yeah, it does. I'm not going to let you. It really yeah. seems, it really does. It really does. Like I, yeah, the, the, my, my, the, my developing anxiety is absolutely, you know, the growing anxiety is absolutely positively being is a problem. Absolutely. Yeah. A problem. People don't talk about how anxiety makes it hard to fuck. And, uh, A lot of times I feel really bad because I am a sufferer. I have anxiety um, and I, I find it's so much easier to just like push people away and then not have to deal with them than having to explain that, oh, I might freak out. It's not you. I'm just anxious. It's very, very difficult. People take anxiety, people take your anxiety so personally that it makes you angry at them and then it makes you more anxious and then it just ruins everything. Yeah. Because it's just like, it it really, you would think it'd be the easiest thing to do is a problem that has nothing to do with you. You would think it'd be the easiest problem to sort out, right? But apparently not. People, they reach over the aisle and under your desk to make it a deal about them and then you're just like, no, anxiety affects sex drives, guys. Yeah. You can look it up. I, I actually had a lot of people that were upset. You know, like, what do you mean? You're always good to go. I was like, yeah, because you met me when I was in college where everything was paid for and I was young and I didn't realize I wasn't going to be young and healthy forever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, mm-hmm. I don't really feel like fucking you. Not to mention... I also feel like there's like a palabra of like self-esteem. So you have a one point where your self-esteem is low enough to fuck them. 
and they don't, they think that is the point where your self-esteem is high enough to fuck them. And, and then you have the, the, the tip, the apex of this palabra is when you feel great about yourself, you don't really care about them and you're focused on you. So fucking them is not a priority in any way, shape or form. And then that is when they're mad at you, when you're at the apex of self-esteem and and like oneness with your own shit. That's probably the um, one of the stories I always have to explain to my guy friends is they do that. Like when they finally like they'll get laid by the woman they're pursuing and they'll be like, yeah, I finally got her. You know, she finally she finally saw, you know, she finally uh, saw me. And I was like, no. It seems from the looks of it is that you caught her at you caught her at a downtime. What is she lost her job or anything? And she was he's like, Yeah, actually, she did. Yeah, she did lose her job. And I was like, Well, there you go. <laughs> you caught her at the end of her character arc, homie. <laughs> it's just like, you know, this is this is dark season three, so I don't know if you wanna take any joy in it. You might wanna just call her and see how she's doing without trying to fuck her because that wasn't a good that's not that's a very bad sign. She was telling you to go fuck yourself for three years. And then so all of a sudden she's into you after three years. This is not a Mandy, one of those Mandy Moore with glasses ponytail movie. <laughs> it's legit. She probably has a problem. You're not yeah, as awesome like as that, you think. Like you're her rock bottom and you should realize that. Yeah, you should be aware. Yes. You should not be pursuing yeah. women for as long as the popular culture says it's okay to be pursuing women. We do not need to be pursuing women that long. Yeah. I kind of feel like uh, after a while, if that person who kept on saying no finally goes ah oh, whatever like that's not i don't want to have sex with that yep i've you know actually like, I, I, enthusiasm I, i've actively said no to that and i've been like literally i've, I've act like you know like you know women like you know that having some trouble they might come over a little drunk and i'm like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. and i'm not even pushing up on anybody i'm just like all of a sudden they're just suddenly trying to have sex when there was no sex ever and i'm like oh hmm <laughs> what's wrong and then yeah, you know you find out something's yeah. wrong and i'm like you know and i you know i try to relay this in the meetings but again the meeting is very hectic <laughs> so i don't get a lot of open i don't this, this this these these tidbits are not met with open ears like they should like they should be and you know but we're working on it again it's an ongoing process trying to not be trash as a group yes. we're working on it yeah well i while i was looking up uh, the the dearth of orgasms. Uh, I found just a random thing that made me smile. There is a woman in uh, a Norwegian woman who uh, made an art installation. It is a shrine made out of her used condom collection, which is a thing that she has for reasons. Um, I heard about this. Um, but I didn't, why? Just why? Yeah, uh, she's 27 years old, mm -hmm. and she started collecting condoms in 2010. Uh, and she apparently is very attracted to the smell of them. Which is, I can see that. So, after her relationship ended, uh, she just kept them, you know, for the aroma I guess. No, that's the thing. I will say I understand. It's kind of like 
Um, you ever you ever bite your fingernails and you you bite your fingernails in such a way that it's actually really satisfying to pull off some of your skin on your knee? Like it's a very obscure thing, but sometimes you bite your nails just so, and it's perfect. It feels perfect that you've now relieved your hand of some really unsightly hangnail or whatever. That does not mean you are to have a bowl of fingernails <laughs> when you are hungry. It is it is it is a it is despite the fact that it's enjoyable because I understand because I like the smell of condoms after sex. Like I like the smell of myself after i've had sex and use a condom i time i find it i find it inherently arousing i don't know why that is but again i'm not going to form i'm not going to um then um create a cologne or scent that is you're not going to line your bedroom walls like a museum with uh, 1921 condoms um no i'm going to understand that you know certain thing that certain things you enjoy are just not um because sustainable as a um habit or an art installation or anything you can preserve i understand you you're the urge to preserve something but mm-hmm. it's just not something that is um yeah and uh, she uh wanted to make it clear that uh not she has not had sex uh over 1921 times she actually sometimes buys other people's condoms sometimes spending as much as 77 dollars per condom uh and she'll give you an extra 15 bucks if you include your photo and she said she gets up to 20 condoms a day by mail and the rest of her collection comes from friends um, and her father has even asked his friends to donate their used condoms mm, to her cause. Mm, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, um, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, now, this is a question. I, 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 I mean, I might be. But aren't used condoms like a massive bunch of used condoms a legit hazard? Like, aren't they like a legit biological hazard of having um, all these fluids collected in bags and sent around pretty freely? I would feel so, yes. But apparently there is a, a big community of people that have this used condom fetish. Uh, there are actual sites. One such site is called Condom Swappers. Huh. And uh, it's just people who... Uh, exchange condoms, try to acquire condoms, and then display their condom collections. And uh, it is apparently a thing. So, uh, and you are actually not alone when it uh, comes to the smell. Uh, It is a well-documented fetish as well. It's olfactophilia. Really? Olfactophilia, yes, that is arousal from a, any smell, uh, and people get aroused from all different kinds, from the smell of rancid meat to something uh, benign and pleasant like vanilla. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean that's fair. Um, I like I said, I you know, I I don't know. I, I I mean I'm happy that you know I'm happy that you know that it's become a cottage industry and that people are making money from it and stuff like that and that's that's very good. I can't say that I fully can wrap my mind around the trafficking of bodily fluids without proper care. 
and uh, being taken to, you know, ensure that everyone's, you know, health, uh, there's no public health issue. But, yeah. Um, I, I feel, just because for me, I have kind of a germ thing. Um, I, this is definitely not for me. Uh, I also feel, I don't like the smell of condoms. I don't like, and a lot of uh, spermicides have a smell that I just, it, it just, uh, not like offends me, but I just don't like it. Right. Uh, mostly because I associate it with tasting it. <laughs> and uh, that makes most, sense. Most people, they don't have to put condoms in their mouths. I could understand why you might have a lot more affinity towards them or their smells mm. and taste. Yeah, I wouldn't like the taste of condom. Yeah, I can see that. I also, um, uh, admittedly, I, I would be, I would be a little. Um, I, I don't know how I would respond if I stumbled upon someone with a thousand condoms on their walls in their bedroom. I don't because... know if I'd be able to go into that room, quite frankly. As much as I would intellectually know that, you know they're old i'd have to know how old the condoms are first and i have to know if they've been sterilized like i they couldn't just be out in the open like she just has like condoms on her wall so they're not in like a baggie or anything to keep whatever was on that condom in that condom like it's just condom like that would not abide by me at mm -hmm. all i couldn't mm -hmm. be in that room but maybe also if it was like a sex museum and they were like under glass yeah, that's what I mean. Or, it's like if she had a real legit exhibit, yeah. Then I wouldn't or if have she, problem like, with it. Dip them in resin or something, right? And made like a shape. It's just like she just has like just fluid these fluid containers just sitting there, and I just it's just not it's just not gonna it just can't it's just it's not no. Mm -mm. I mean, I guess her landlord might be happy because she's not flushing them down the toilet. I mean... Less clogs. But there's a room, if she leaves, there's a room that will probably smell like used condoms <laughs> for, in oh, perpetuity. Yeah, that, I don't think that smell's ever getting out. I can't imagine. A, a, thousand, I, a thousand used condoms, is a, a thousand used condoms that have not been removed are a thing. Ugh, I feel bad for like... Like, can you imagine if you work in the post office... And, and you're handling mail and like one accidentally gets ripped and it's just 20 used condoms. I would take so much issue. I, I mean, I, I, I would have to, I would have to sue my, I would have to sue someone. There would have to be logically a lawsuit because I couldn't sit there and have 20 used condoms stumble upon me while I'm at work. Even if it's harmless, even if they fall at my feet, I would still be kind of I feel like you shy. have to label it. Like you, you should have to have to label. That's why I'm asking. I'm like, isn't this legal? Isn't that like a? Isn't that like a bio? Isn't it like a biohazard? Like in in hospitals when they take all those samples and they have those boxes of samples and they get sent out, it says biohazard on everything. It says biohazard on the on the bag. It says biohazard on the label. It says biohazard on the box. It says biohazard on the truck that comes to take the stuff from the box from the doctor's office, right? But it's Norway, so. Maybe they do things differently up there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to reserve judgment. I'm going to go ahead. I mean, you know, you know more people than I do across the world, so I'm going to let them reach out to you, and then we will return to this because I, if all of a sudden, like, if I'm wrong, and if like sperm turns into cinnamon after a while, and eventually her room smells like like um toasted cupcakes, 
then toasted cakes, then whatever. I'm fine. Then I was wrong. So maybe there's something I don't know. And my limited I... understanding of keeping a thousand condoms in a room for years, I don't think it'd be right on a lot of levels. But, you know, um, we will. I, I will reserve judgment until we get more information. Yeah. Uh, I, hey, listeners, I want to hear your condom stories. So if you have them. I, I'll be so interested to read and I'll read the most interesting ones on the next show. If you send them in, uh, go to www.cuntcastpodcast.com and click on our contact page, type in your condom stories. I would love to hear them. I'll share them. And uh, I think that's going to do it for today. Uh, I, we, we actually went through a show without canceling something. Oh well, we almost canceled that Nor that that Norwegian woman, but we're gonna pa- we're gonna wait till we pass judgment because I you know I'm not going to. I mean, I really wish she kept it behind glass. Like if she had them like each in like like the way they keep metals. Like if she had like a clean condom put on like felt and like a picture's name and like a little bit about them, and then it was behind glass, and then you could look at it and you go, "Oh my god!" Ah, they are just taped to a wall. They are the taped to a fucking wall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more creeped out that her dad's like, "Hey, can you like, uh, can you bang somebody and give the condom to my child? Can you do that for her? It really make me happy." I don't. Un- I I am a I am an, a black American male. I am 34 years old. I was born in New York, Brooklyn, New York. So, with that said, I will gladly defer to my ignorance and not pass any judgment on this woman, her father, or their family. And we will find out more information. But you know what? I'm pretty sure she feels great to have his support. Oh, yeah. I'm certain that it must be really Silver empowering. Lining. Must feel really good. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of the Cuntcast. We will be back next week. I think we're doing this weekly. That's a thing. Oh, yeah. We're doing it. As, we're doing it. Like I said, we are on, and I say this all the time. I say this to Bacon as well from the uh, from ad space. We are on a grown folks podcast schedule which is once a week and we can get it done everything drops on friday but we are grown tax paying folks and as per the american norm now for us we are all in weird living situations that may or may not allow us to podcast as readily as as consistently as we would like much like millennial sex (laughs) much like millennial sex if you want to learn more or hear more of us you can follow me at Blasian Bitch, and you can follow Aaron at A-N-S Freeman. Uh, he's the best Twitter name. Please tell them what your Twitter name is right now. Oh, uh, Electric Nickaloo. The best. <laughs> and you can follow the Cuntcast at at Cuntcast Podcast. So thank you for listening, and I'll see you next Tuesday.